Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Podcast, Biblical Encouragement for Women of All Ages. Today, I'm excited to be continuing our study on spiritual lessons from Darlene Dibler. Her story is so powerful. She was a missionary to New Guinea during the Second World War, was taken prisoner by the Japanese, and just has an incredible testimony in her book, Evidence Not Seen. It's one of the most impactful books that I've ever read. Before we dive in, I wanted to remind you that this is a great time to register for our 2022 Set Apart Conference. Whether you're going to join us in Colorado in June or anywhere you are via simulcast, the best prices are available right now because there's a deep early bird discount. So that's only going on for a short time. So be sure to go to setapartgirl.com and check that out as well as our last minute Christmas specials if you're looking for spiritually rich gifts for people in your life. So let's dive into Darlene Deidler's story. The name of this episode is Availability to God. And when I think about Darlene Dibler's life, that is one of the things that stands out to me the most is just this unconditional availability to God. She had dedicated her life as a little girl at church. I think she was 10 years old saying, Lord, I'll go anywhere for you, no matter what it cost." And really, she proved that very true with her life. She sailed to New Guinea, Dutch New Guinea, with her first husband at a very young age, just newly married, fresh out of Bible school, and was the first woman missionary to trek into the interior of Dutch New Guinea, which is a place where there were thousands of unreached tribes that they had just recently discovered. And it was a very treacherous trek into the interior where many men actually died along the trail, including her husband, who almost died along the trail. And so you can picture this 20-something, you know, American girl just fresh out of Bible school hiking in there in this really treacherous area. And yet her cheerful availability to God is just so incredible, really, really stands out to me. She just delighted in the adventure of it. She delighted in the people that God had given her to serve. And as she was sort of derailed from the mission field and taken prisoner by the Japanese, she went through some very, very hard things including losing her husband in a concentration camp. And yet she lived her life with a heart posture that was constantly saying to God, Lord, I'm available. And when I read Darlene's book for the first time, I was going through a really significant struggle in my life. And it really, really spoke to my heart, just this complete childlike trust and unconditional availability to God. It deeply challenged me and inspired me, just the way that she responded to trials, how she just sort of lifted her heart to God and said, okay, Lord, walk through this with me. I'm available to you. And really, I feel like her example changed my entire approach to going through difficult times. And as I shared last week in the last episode, someone gave me an audio recording that she had given near her hometown in Iowa, somewhere around 1980. And it's such a powerful message. And I'm not going to play clips of it in this episode, but I do want to highlight some of the most incredible aspects of her story And they're really hard things to read or to listen to because of how difficult they were to walk through. And yet her heart through it all was really so beautiful. She talks in the book about being in a concentration camp and it was a work camp and they were treated very cruelly. The women and children that were kept there, they, you know, were nearly starving to death. They were working all day long. There was disease everywhere. And yet things were going to get even harder for Darlene. She had recently learned that her husband had passed away in a concentration camp, which is very, very devastating to her. And then 
one day she saw a truck coming into the concentration camp and the Kampeitai get out. And they were the most dreaded aspect of the Japanese military. They were feared more than the shock troops. They were sort of like the German Gestapo and people dreaded having anything to do with the Kampeitai. But when they got out of the car and went towards the office, she knew they were coming for her. And they took her to a place where she was to be sentenced to death to be executed as an American spy. She had been falsely accused by someone and she was put on death row. And just the fear, the loneliness, the isolation, I can't even imagine being this young girl in your 20s, having just lost your husband, already sick and not feeling well and feeling alone and scared. And yet, being put into this isolated cell, knowing that you could die any day, or just surrounded by so much cruelty. And yet her immediate response to God in in that moment when she heard that cell door slam and she turned around and she saw the key turn in the lock and she knew she was completely shut in. She said, Lord, I'm available. It, it didn't make the trial easy, but his presence was so near to her because she made herself available and she trusted him through that. Um, Eric and I have studied so many missionaries and I've talked a lot about missionaries throughout this podcast. And whether the mission field is across the world or right in your own backyard, I believe that missionaries, true missionaries have one thing in common, and that is unconditional availability to God. That is the exact heart attitude that we see in Darlene Dibler, even in the darkest moments of her life. And that is the attitude that we see in so many other missionaries who did very hard things. They rose above what was typical. They went beyond just their own desires and their own comforts, and they made themselves available to God. Gladys Elward is an incredible example of this, who went to China. She was just this parlor maid from England who had a burden for China and scraped all of her money together and got this single ticket over to China and learned the language and poured out her life for the people and really transformed that country. And at the end of her life, she said this, I wasn't God's first choice for what I've done for China. I don't know who it was, maybe a man, a well-educated man. I don't know what happened. Maybe he died. Maybe he wasn't willing. And God looked down and saw Gladys Erward and said, well, she's willing. Isn't that incredible? She looked back over her life and all that she had accomplished for the glory of God. And she said, the single most important thing was my availability, my willingness. It wasn't anything special that I had or could offer. It was my willingness, my availability. That is the heart attitude of a true missionary. Lord, I'm available. Even when we go through hard things, even when there's disappointments, it's not just an availability if God calls us to go or to stay in invest in the mission field right in our own backyard, as we've talked about in other episodes, but it's that availability for God to deepen his refining work in us. You see glimpses of this heart attitude in in missionaries all throughout history. Lilius Trotter, who was a, a missionary who gave up wealth and fame to really pour out her life in the slums of Algeria. She said, holiness, not safety is the end of our calling. So often we want to pursue, you know, a safe, comfortable life. And she said, holiness, not safety is the end of our calling. C.T. Studd, one of the most powerful and famous missionaries of all time said this, if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. And then Oswald Chambers, who most of us know as the author of My Utmost for His Highest, he really poured out his life on the mission field as well. And he wrote, he wrote this, we have no right in Christian service to be guided by our own interests and desires. The delight of sacrifice is that I lay down my life for my friend, Jesus. I don't throw my life away, but I willingly and deliberately lay it down for him 
and his interests. John and Betty Stamm, who became martyrs on the mission field in China. Betty Stamm wrote this when she was about 18 years old in her Bible. Lord, I give up all my own plans and purposes, all my desires and hopes, and accept thy will for my life. I give myself, my life, my all, utterly to thee to be thine forever. Fill me and seal me with thy Holy Spirit. Use me as thou wilt. Send me where thou wilt. Work out thy whole will in my life at any cost, now and forever. And then Jim Elliott who gave his life on the mission field in South America, wrote, Father, take my life, yea, my blood, if thou wilt, and consume it with thine enveloping fire. I would not save it, for it is not mine to save. Have it, Lord, have it all. Now, if we're not in that place of unconditional availability to God, then we need to ask him by his grace to do that miracle in our hearts so that every moment of every day we are continually able to say to him, Lord, I am available. And in the most terrifying moments of her life, Darlene Dibler yielded to that purifying work of the Spirit of God. She trusted him. She knew he loved her. She believed he would turn all things to good if she would remain available to him. That refining fire we often fear because we often think God just wants to beat us down and make us miserable, but it's a very loving way that he uses hard things in our life to deepen our trust and dependency upon him. And he doesn't just discipline and punish us for the sake of doing that, but to refine us as gold refined in the fire. In the book of Revelation, Jesus gives advice to the lukewarm church to submit to his refiner's fire so that they can become like gold refined in the fire. He says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich. Now, I've talked about this in other podcasts, but it's really fascinating. The refining process of gold is really incredible. It's one of the oldest methods of refining metals. In ancient times, it involved a craftsman sitting next to a hot fire with a molt- with molten gold and a crucible being stirred and skimmed to remove impurities or dross that rose to the top. Today, gold is melted at a temperature between r- roughly 1,832 and 21,632 degrees Fahrenheit. This is incredible. Very hot. When the re- when the mixture reaches this temperature, it melts. The metals and the alloys separate one from another upon melting, and all impurities rise to the surface. Isn't that true? When we go through hard things in our life, if we really allow God to use those hard things, the impurities in our life, the sin, the dross, rises to the surface. It's exposed. He purges those things from us, and he makes us more like him. And one of the most incredible truths about refined gold is it's not only precious, it's indestructible. If you simply Google the question, can pure gold be destroyed? It says there is no known natural substance that can destroy gold. It can be dissolved by chemical means, but even then it remains as gold only in a more widely dispersed state. That is what I see evidence in Darlene Dibler's life. As she made herself available to walk through the pain of a refiner's fire, she became rock solid, unbreakable. They tried to destroy her faith time and time again, but her faith was indestructible. In fact, her faith, her walk with Christ only became stronger and purer and richer the greater the weights and trials. Are we willing to cultivate that heart attitude that says, Lord, I'm available, available to get outside of our comforts, available to give up our own plans and our own purposes, available to God's refiner's fire to say, Lord, I don't understand why this is happening or this is not what I expected, but I I trust that you will turn this to good. I trust that you will use it as a powerful force in my life. When we have that unconditional availability to God, we will become true missionaries no matter where we are, whether it's right in our own home, in our own neighborhood, our own community, or on the other side of the world. It doesn't start with a whole bunch of 
amazing qualifications. It doesn't start with a certain kind of education. It starts with a heart attitude that says, Lord, I'm available. And remember, God's refiner's fire is what leads to true spiritual fire. So I challenge you to ask God to cultivate that attitude. It is always safe to submit and surrender yourself to the one who gave his very life for you. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into what it means to live a poured out life for Jesus Christ, visit the many resources that we have for you at setapartgirl.com. I pray that you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.